Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Okay, people. Hello, Facebook people. <laughs> How many women does it take to get on a Facebook Live? Only three of us. That wasn't so hard, was it? Uh, well, you know who I am. We are... Uh, <laughs> You're listening to Frankie Sense some more, apparently. And today I have two wonderful guests with me. Uh, the, the brunette, the lovely brunette, is Camel Linden, who is a musician, actor, passionate fitness instructor. And she's been teaching fitness for over two decades. She's taught strength, step, Pilates, vinyasa yoga, senior fitness, and she's worked with clients and students of all ages and fitness levels. She's certified by the AFAA group exercise and the NASM, if you know what that is, CPT, as well as 200 Yoga. She has a BFA in dance from the University of the Arts. And, you know, Kama understands that we're all busy, and she knows that people who join gyms only go for a limited time, guilty. Uh, so instead of letting us off the hook, she has come up with a plan for the diehard couch potato. Uh, for those of us who don't want to do anything at the end of the day because, well, we're tired and lazy, and <laughs> we especially don't want to work out, but she has, she has done something. She, she wrote a book and it's launching this week and it's called Healthy Things That You Can Do in Front of the TV. And we're going to talk to her about that in just a moment. Also with me, the lovely I, I, Brune Blonde. <laughs> I don't know what we call your hair color, Cindy. Yeah, blonde is fine. Blonde is fine. Cindy is the founder and the CEO of Interconnection. She's self-published author, speaker, coach, and she specializes in yoga, qigong, and food healing. Her signature program is reversing osteoporosis naturally. And despite being healthy, exercising, and watching what she ate, Cindy was shocked to have been diagnosed with osteopenia, and she was determined to find a way to reverse it. And she did. And today, her intention is to support anyone who's on a journey to improve their own health and well-being. And she teaches and coaches people of all ages, both in her private studio as well as virtually to people around the globe. And I was recently honored to be in her Ageless Beauty Summit as a speaker. It was a fabulous online summit for women. And, you know, it just proved that, you know, regardless of age, we are still beautiful inside and out. So welcome to you both ladies. So lovely to have you join us to yoga, exercise, eating right. Are you still, are you still a vegan, Cindy? Or I mean, Emma, diehard um, vegan? I eat uh, fish and I eat like vegetable products. I don't do dairy at all. And I okay. don't do walking animals, no meat, no chicken, anything like that. Um, I found for me, the dairy was the biggest culprit. Um, both for my breathing, my sinuses. I used to get sinus infections like constantly, constantly, constantly. And between the meat and the dairy, part of it's in my book as well. But um, when I went to Singapore, I was working for Sesame Street and I, I weighed a lot more at that point. I was a little more curvy and I was always getting sick. So there were these books, there were these cute little books. They're just free pamphlets. When you go to Sentosa Island, it said, milk is not fit for humans. I'm like, okay, pick one up. And, it, and then there was another one that taught you about not eating meat. And the part about the milk, I was like, no brainer. My gosh, there's antibiotics. There's things in there that we as human beings can't digest it. If you imagine a cow, 
should feed its own calf with calf's milk. And a mother, a human being mother, would feed breast milk. And the closest things that would emulate breast milk would be soy milk, almond milk, things like that, which are easier for us as humans to digest. Plus it has protein that they say milk is protein, but it not really. And, and more importantly, you're ingesting biotic, antibiotics. Right, right. As well. Now, this is going to be crazy. But she mentions this in the book. I used to get upset over things that, you know, I was always stressed out. And then on top of that, I was always getting sick. And on top of that, I was beginning to get a free Elsewhere's condition. This is all in my 20s here. Once I gave up the meat, it's like I went through this metamorphosis. And you could, like, you know, wake me up or something, drop a bomb, and I'll be like, what? I mean, it like, definitely, I was calm about things that normally would have stressed me out or gotten me angry in my meat-eating life. And not only that, but once I gave up the dairy, I lost 10 pounds without even thinking. It didn't even blow my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it, like, just stayed off. It, it just, it was, like, great. My skin cleared up. And here I am at my age looking better than I did in my 20s, which is crazy. So it's interesting, you know, that, that people do drink milk because every animal and humans alike, we, we wean our children. Why would you go back and have something that is meant for growth for children, for babies? Yep. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I would just like to interject too, that there's this uh, myth out there that, you know, we have to drink milk and, and dairy products for the calcium for our bones. And that's a, a it's, it's a myth. I mean, if you're not sensitive to dairy products, that is one way to get calcium. But to Kama's point, the almond milk, coconut milk, those types of milk substitutes, many times they actually have more calcium than the dairy cow's milk. Yeah, and what's even funnier, spinach in particular, as well as kale, which I eat a lot of, have more calcium than you're ever going to get from milk. And you don't get sick. And you don't have... You know, the, the cow pus building up in your system or the antibiotics and the fat. Nice. Cool. Think of it as like if you have a car, you don't want to put diesel in your car engine. We've all heard what happened in New Jersey. People accidentally put the wrong gas in their car. It was put, filled wrong. And the cars, the engine seized about a mile after the station. So can you imagine that's us, right? So you want to have super unleaded 93 in your system. You don't want to have diesel to weigh you down. And, and, and Cindy, you also changed your diet to reverse your condition. And so what kind of a diet do you eat? I know that we're going to go into more about, you know, specifically for osteoporosis and that, but is, was there something that you immediately took out of your diet? Um, not immediately. In fact, what I did is I went to a couple different holistic doctors and got their opinion. And then I found a course that I took and got certified in, which was the food healing. And long story short, my diet now is very pH balanced is what I, what I call it, which in a nutshell, what that means is it is very plant-based. Anything that's plant-based has, is more alkaline yeah. in nature, whereas your animal products are more acidic and the acidity that is in not only foods, but, um, but also beverages, what that can do is your body has to maintain a pH level around 7.2, 7.3. And so if you're eating a lot of acidic foods and drinking a lot of beverages that are acidic, 
then what happens is, is your body has to find a way to balance that back up to 7.2, 7.3. One of the minerals in our body that is very alkaline is calcium. So a lot of times what will happen with a very acidic diet is that the calcium is actually being leached out of your system, including your bones. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because people think of acidic as, as a lemon, but a lemon is actually alkaline when you, in your body, right? So you, yes. have, you have to kind of research what it is. You can't just go, oh, I know that's an acidic food. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Interesting. But um, Cam, I was curious about the soy because I thought soy had a lot of estrogen in it and, and it wasn't good for us anymore. I mean, you, they go back and forth, right? Um, you know, I guess different people digest things differently. Yeah. There was a, a theory that depending on your blood type, you can eat certain foods and not eat certain foods. Um, everything's balanced. I mean, you don't want to have a, a soy-based diet and have that be your only diet, but you do need some cool protein as well as some warm protein, like bean-based. So let's just say I gave up fish altogether. But for me, yeah. fish works. Yeah, my fish blood, works. My body, it works. Yeah. But let's just gave it up altogether. I would have to make sure that I had nut-based, I would have to have tofu-based, and I would have to have bean-based. I would have to make sure that I had something that's warm, medium, and cool to catch all of my proteins. That sounds like uh, like a Vedic kind of theory, is it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> you can't do the soy. I, I, I just know a little bit enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I can, I can handle it just fine, but I don't eat only soy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if I eat 100% soy, maybe I'd have issues, but, you know. Gotcha. I'm not going to kill me. Yeah. And, and have you gone through menopause? Are you near menopause? I don't even know your age. You know, so. It's funny. I thought at first I was, but it was just a menorrhea from working out too much. And nope. So I'm back at it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and Cindy, what about you? Where are you on that, that scale? Ugh. Well, um, I had a forced menopause. Uh, you had a hysterectomy? I, yeah, I had to have a hysterectomy. Fairly young uh, age. And so because of that, you know, um, for six months, they didn't want me on any type of HRT or anything like that. So at a, a young age, I went through menopause. Wow. <laughs> You know, I actually went through it for like 15 years. It was terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah, but um, actually I took HRT for about, I would say, two years or so. And then I weaned myself off of it with, you know, some help with a uh, holistic doctor as well. But since then, and that was, man, almost 20 years ago. Wow. So, and I, I don't take anything now and I'm fine. Good for you. Yeah. So you're both obviously very thin. Is it your diet, like, because you eat a plant-based diet more so than anything? That was a major contributor for me, but then also I've changed my workouts. And it's funny because as a dancer for so many years, and then, you know. Yeah, like, you work out like a maniac. Yeah. Tell us what your schedule is. I mean, it's crazy. You'd have to have 48 hours in a day to work out like you. What is it? Well, I mean, like, I literally, before this, I did go for an hour-plus run because I knew it was going to get really hot soon, so if I didn't catch it while there was still a breeze, it was over, so um, I did just run in the park just now, give or take an hour, you know, some days if I have a little more time, if I'm, like, in a new city, and I just want to see the city, or if I'm at the beach because it's so great, I will run, like, an hour 10, hour 15. I was in Florida, I ran an hour 22, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that just went by, and swimming, I'm a bit of a freak. When it comes to the pool, and part of it is, I think, because I'm a fire sign, it cools me off, it calms me down. I will swim for an hour 40 and sometimes an hour 50, which is like 100 to 110 laps because 
I can, but also I just like the water. The water's fun for me. Like, so you'll run and then you'll swim and, and, and then like, you'll just work out in front of your TV. Yeah. The, the way lifting is done right here in front of the TV while I got CNBC on or sometimes, uh, I am catching up on like a criminal minds episode I forgot about, and I just want to watch it, but I will take the bench out, put it on the floor and I'll do like, I'll start off with the row and the chest press. I'll do a few abs, walk around a little bit, answer some emails, go back to the second set, answer the emails. Then I'll start the next set, which will be the rear flies, the chest fly, and then say leg lowers. Then, you know, take a break, answer some emails, go back to the second set. Um, after that, biceps, sometimes like some kind of leg workup, like a step up or lunges, because something I have to, what's wonderful about swimming and running on alternate days is one thing takes muscle off, one thing puts muscle back on. Right. Just with osteoporosis, you got to keep the muscle on. And what I learned when I used to run six days a week, when I first learned to run, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, blah. But that would have taken all my muscle off. So some of your elite runners, they're not just thin. They don't have muscle left, which is why they get injured. The marathoners, once they stop doing marathons, they, they gain a bunch of weight. They become more injured. They're like, oh, my knee, my this, my that. But then you'll never run again. Like, I like to run. So that's why I don't, I don't do a marathon personally, because I, I do it because I like it. Right. I don't want to get to the point where I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to run the marathon. So is, is all of this exercise, is it because you get those endorphins and you feel amazing or you have a little OCD or what is it? I have the OCD in there somewhere, but honestly, but I, I tell you, it, it relieves my stress like you don't know. I mean, I'm an actor. I'm also doing real estate. You find that the deal died. The, the, the seller's not taking the property. You ran around with them and now they're behind your back with another agent and they're being jerky to you and you're just like you want to punch a wall but going for a run would probably be a better idea yeah for sure <laughs> for sure Cindy what's your what's your routine like you're at the beach <laughs> like, very different <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite as uh <laughs> energetic as that I every morning when I get up I have something that I do and it's either taking a walk, which is usually the first thing that I do. It's not always, a, you know, two hours or anything like that. I will say that if there was only one exercise in the world running, I would not do it. I do not like running at all. And it does not work for my body. And to Kama's point, the only suggestion that I would give anyone else out there is find something that you like to do. Yeah. Because that way, it's not this, oh, I have to exercise. You know, so for me, in the morning, I usually take a walk. Now, that can be anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. It depends on what else I got going on that day. But then the other thing is, is I have a series of seven different exercise routines, but each of them only takes about 10 minutes to do. So... If I have time in the morning to get my 10-minute little workout in, I will. Otherwise, later on in the day, and sometimes during the day, I just feel like, you know what, I need a 10, 15-minute break, so I'll do one of these exercises. One is called the Tibetan Rites. I don't know if, Kama, you might have heard of this. And it was actually part of my summit. I gave everybody that exercise to do. But it's, it's about a 10-minute exercise. It's strength. It's flexibility, doesn't really do that much for balance. 
but it's very good for strength and, and flexibility. And if you want more information, if you just Google Tibetan rights, you'll find all kinds of information on it. It's supposed to really help with longevity. In fact, the way that it was discovered here in the West was, I think it was around 1939, I want to say, someone was out um, visiting different places around the world and came across this um, temple with monks and lamas in it that were like in their hundreds and he couldn't figure out, well, what is keeping them so young? And one of the things they were doing was this exercise routine. Wow. So that's one. Um, I've, I've got some other ones as well. Uh, I have a routine that's like a high-intensity interval training, um, sometimes called HIT, that I do. But again, it's only like 10, 15 minutes. That's it. But you um, both teach. Do you teach throughout the day, every day, or a couple yes, days? Yes, yeah. I, I'm basically a professional uh, yoga and Tai Chi Qigong instructor. That's what I do for a living. So I have classes pretty much every day that I teach, and then I've got a lot of private students. So I'm doing that as well. I just want to say that I was like you. I did not like to run. And then I, because I wanted to be on the national dragon boat team, I had to run 5k. I had to learn. So I joined the running room and I fell in love with running. Like they taught me how to run and I'm a girl with big boobs and big girl breasted. We don't like to run, you know? Um, but then like, I don't run now cause I had my motorcycle accident and I can't run, but I loved it. And I taught, and yesterday it was funny cause I just said to my daughter yesterday, join the running room. You will learn to run and like it. So yeah. little tip. <laughs> Which eventually it happens. is the breathing. It's the breathing and the bouncing, <laughs> which you can control the bouncing. But the breathing was the hardest. But they just teach you so gently. And I think in eight weeks, I ran my first five k. I never thought it would be possible. So yay! I learned from an actor friend when I was out in um, Carbondale, Illinois. I was working on Man of La Mancha, and what was the other show we did? Uh, Joseph, right? Okay. So I was dance captain as well as one of the actors. But it was one of the younger actors he's like you know slow your breathing down inhale and like take longer breaths so i could have like four or five steps before i actually exhaled and it not only helped my running but it helps my singing so yeah i could see that I, like, I got my guitar and people were like you are so energetic like i cannot sit and play my guitar i have to be like jumping around and one time i was like performing and i was on a carpet that had a lot of dust so oh, i'm like Jesus. Bouncing, and then suddenly I start choking a few songs. Later, and, I why, and I'm like, "Oh, you idiot! You're on a carpet that is dust. Stop jumping!" That's hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh, I love that. So, Cindy, how, how how were you diagnosed with with osteo? Like, what happened? Did you? Yeah. How did you? So there, for there's osteopenia and there's osteoporosis, and osteopenia is basically a precursor. So it's kind of like the yellow flag that goes up that says, "Hey, if you don't do something, you know, your bones are going to continue to get thinner and thinner." And the way that it's usually diagnosed, in fact, the only way I know for certain for certain that you can get diagnosed is um, there's a type of scan. It's sort of like an X-ray. It's called a DEXA scan. Um, it doesn't hurt or anything, but um, you you get the scan done, and what it does is it scans the actual um, density of your bones and measures that. So was it and because you're a certain age that your doctor said, oh, you should have this done? Or In the United States, for the most part, most 
doctors, whether it's like a gynecologist, a woman's health doctor, or else your primary doctor, usually when you turn 50, they okay. will recommend you get a DEXA scan. It's just part of your physical at, you know, once a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if you are younger than 50, and for if you've broken a bone or something like that, and it seems to be a little out of the ordinary, then sometimes they will have you um, do a DEXA scan before the age of 50. Got it. And it's usually um, a woman's type health issue. So because of that, a lot of times they, they don't recommend it for men. And the symptoms really, or those that are, I should say, more susceptible to it, are women that are um, slight framed, you know, usually around... I, I guess I wouldn't say, I was going to say shorter women, but you could be tall, but if you're really thin, that's usually um, a person that's going to be more susceptible to it. And so you have your DEXA scan done, and then after that, you get your test results. And the test results are compared to a 30-year-old's bone density. Okay. So that's one thing to kind of keep in mind with that. But your doctor should go over your test scores. But um, I've been helping women now um, since 2010, so about eight years. And one thing that I've noticed, and it, it happened to me as well, is when I got my test scores, I went back to my doctor. She didn't give me um, my test scores, which you should always get, get them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you paid for them, so you should get them. And um, the other thing she didn't do is she just said, you have osteopenia. Here's a script for, you know, a pharmaceutical drug that I was supposed to start taking. And then she wanted me to take a calcium supplement. And, you know, I had been doing yoga. I had been working out. I thought I was eating right. So, first of all, I was like, you know, this is, yeah. Wait, how can this happen to me? Yeah. 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 And I felt really defeated because here I thought I was doing everything that I could to keep myself healthy. And yet I got this diagnosis and I, I'm one of these that I'm always asking why, you know, why, why this and why that. And so when I asked her, she did not have a good answer for me. In fact, she said, you're a skinny white girl. Was oh, her answer. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, at first I kind of laughed it off, but I mean, she's like serious. But why, and, why, why is there a reason for this, the slight of frame or the skinny person to get it? Usually, you know, if you think about it, an overweight person is carrying more weight. <laughs> so they're, they're using that weight. So to... Yeah. So they are doing more weight bearing just because they're more overweight. Gotcha. Um, but, um, you know, I did start taking the pharmaceuticals for a while. I took, I think, three months worth. And I just had so many side effects. And that's when I started doing more research and finding out all of the not so good things about the pharmaceuticals. And so I had always been healthy. I'd always been into health and wellness. And so I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So I started searching for some holistic doctors and doing a lot of online reading and Googling and, and that sort of thing as well. And um, the short story is, is that 
you know, I found a program that I could really stick to and it, it not only includes the exercise, but also the nutrition. And then when I went through the food healing program, there's actually a protocol that I was taught for. So um, is there something specific that you added to your diet that, that you never had before or in greater quantities or? Um, I think that I was, I, I definitely went to a more pH balanced diet. Okay. One of the things that I gave up right away, I loved coffee and coffee is very acidic. And so that was one of the things that I gave up. Um, but, you know, as far as diet, I would say, yeah, maybe a little bit more plant-based. I'm not vegan, but I also do not do any dairy product, mainly because I have the same issues as Kama. You know, it was a lot of sinus, a lot of mucus, a lot of stuff like that going on. And so I had actually stopped eating that a few years prior to that as well. But um, there's specific supplements that are needed. And then also one of the other things that people don't realize is stress. Stress really plays such an important role in getting that under control, not just for osteopenia and osteoporosis, but for so many different illnesses. So you actually reversed yours. Yes. And Your bone density is now of a 30-year-old? <laughs> it's in the normal range, which the old answer to your question is yes. Yeah. And Kama, does that bother you? Because you're very slight of frame. Do you worry that maybe this, you could have this? I don't. Um, I should, but I don't. Um, I'm not as slight of frame as you think. I am petite. I am 102 pounds. But if you actually look at my bone structure, I am pretty thick. Um, when I tell people I have a 27 waist, they go, how is this possible? I said, because I'm built like a boy. But the thing is, my if you look at my femurs, if you look at my shins, I am not small boned at all. I actually am very dense boned. I feel like I should have been five six, you know, but <laughs> I, I wasn't. I, I mean, I was thirteen. I thought it was cute to smoke cigarettes, but anyway, I don't now, of course. Um, but but I do have very dense bones compared to, like, I see girls who are thin. I am not. Like, my bones are not that small. They're not. Um, my mother, however, was a blonde, and they said the blondes, for whatever reason, are more susceptible, not even just the white thing, but also the blonde thing. And I'm sort of mixed heritage, so I have the Spanish side as well. So I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not I, I guess I'm Caucasian, but I'm not as, like, that blonde body type and whatever it is that goes with it. So um, I think I have that going for me. But if you ever see what I lift in a day, <laughs> I mean, if you ever see me with my 50-pound suitcase and then this bag yeah. and that bag up and down stairs all day long, not to mention the weights I'm lifting, like there's literally not a day that goes by that I'm not lifting something big and stupid. So including lifting other people. Like I don't know if you assist your students with back bends, but you have to lift them up or you're on a, a set and they're like, okay, everybody, um, are you okay doing this? Well, we're going to lift the gurney together. Okay, I'm playing a, a EMT today whatever. So I do lift things all day long and run up and stairs with those items. So <laughs> I am doing things that are building strength that maybe wow. your average person may or may not do. So, um, and I had this major argument with someone when I first gave up the dairy. He's like, well, one day when you have kids, you're going to have to drink milk. I'm like, no, you don't. 
<laughs> I'm like, I could just eat spinach, which has better calcium and kale and other things that actually give you better calcium because drinking all this milk obviously may or may not be giving me the calcium I want, but it's also making me sick all the time. So this can't be the answer. There I've broken to- so many bones. My God, since I was five years old, I've broken my femur three times, my hip, my pelvis, my, well, that was a motorcycle, but like just my, my ankle, like a couple times and I've broken. Have you had a Dexa scan? Never. But all my whole life I've been breaking. Yeah. You should really have one because you might be surprised. Yeah. you know, you, you might be in the, at least the osteopenia. And it's interesting because some of my clients will have like a minus four, which is pretty, pretty serious. And they're like little China dolls and yet they fall and they, they don't break anything. And then there'll be somebody else. It's like a minus 2.5, which is just on the cusp of being between osteopenia and osteoporosis, just to give you an idea of the scores. And, and uh, they're at like minus 2.5 and they've broken bones. So sometimes the DEXA scan, even though it, it will give you a measurement, it sometimes is not as accurate as it could possibly be, or maybe, you know. I know my mom had it. And I know that I remember one Mother's Day so clearly she walked in, she tripped and she fell into my wall. And she, she actually, and I know from your book that, you know, she, she um, had fractures in her spine, hairline fracture that they never caught right away. And then she was having some trouble and I took her to emerge and they go, oh, you got a fracture of your spine. Oh, you've, you know, and I go, oh my God, when she went into the wall, that's when that happened. Yeah. And, and, even knowing. you know, um, there, there are some people that genetically it, it, it can be more of an issue. So because your mom seems to have had issues. But with- she was very, she was tall, but slight of frame. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm like big bone. Okay. Yeah, but you still, I, I would suggest getting one just to see, you know. I will do that. You go to the doctor, just get a script and, and have it. I just had a bone scan, but it's not the same thing, I don't think. No. Mm-mm. No. So, interesting. I want to know, are either of you, were you ever sugar freaks, sugar addicts? Do you <laughs> crave sugar? I still like my sweets. I, I If I could only have one type you know like I'm not the pizza lasagna that sort of thing no but uh, give me chocolate chip cookies <laughs> I love my sweets I really yeah, do. me too it's the hardest thing to give up I've been eating keto for a while um but it like thank god for swerve that's all I can say <laughs> yeah one of the things that I've discovered in the last couple of years is when I am really craving something sweet, believe it or not, and it sounds it, it just happened as a freak accident, but I ate a half of a avocado of all things, just you know plain avocado just ate a half of it. And I found that if I'm craving something sweet, avocado for some reason or something that's more. Um, seems to satisfy it. And I don't know if that's... Because taste-wise, it wouldn't. <laughs> like, I just go, ah. I know. Yeah. I know. It's not sweet at all. So, um, but, um, you know, for me, and, and what I tell clients, too, if they want to get off sugar, you know, there are some things that you can kind of lean into, right? 
for me and a lot of my clients, I'm like, no, don't lean into it because you, you just you can't wean yourself off of it any way I can. No, and I think that you go around and, and you try not to eat and you eat a whole bunch of other stuff that if you just had a bite of that damn cookie, you'd be okay, right? It'd be gone. Yeah. That craving yeah. would be gone. What about but, you? Um, the other thing that I would just say with sweet? it is, is just rip off the Band-Aid. Go cold turkey. <laughs> and usually the first three days, like if you don't eat any yeah. type of sugar, corn syrup, nothing like that, yeah. the first three to five days, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. It's really, really difficult to do. Yeah. But if you can get past that, usually you can, you're not as obsessed with it. Yeah, that's true. I've been staying around 20, 25 grams of carbs and, and I'm okay. I mean, I, I can get through the day, but I, I kind of, you know, I look forward to the berries. I look forward to having some raspberries or something at the end of the day. So Yeah, pretty- and I would say too, you know, sugar and sugary items, you know, like white sugar, brown yeah. sugar, honey, you know, those types of sugar is very, very different than say, because that's a simple carbohydrate. Right. Right. Simple, and then there's complex. Right. You can eat all the vegetables you want. Those are carbohydrates, chibro- but they don't have the sugar content right. that, that say, like if you had a chocolate chip cookie. Right. I, you know, you, do you crave your kale, Kama? Do you crave it? I mean, like you go, oh, I, I do. can't get my kale. Can't I wait for it. When I go to eat lunch, eventually I have this insane little thing I do because I'll make my tuna fish with my soy mayonnaise and I throw the dill in there. I have this thing for dill and herbs of all kinds, but I take wheat bread, I take some almond cheese, slice it real thin, and I take like a whole thing of kale. I throw it in the pan with like a smidge of water, cover it, uh, steam it for a couple minutes, and then the, the almond cheese melts. The kale becomes um, just steamed the perfect color and texture. So I have like this kale, almond cheese, grilled cheese kind of thing going on. Wow. And then the tuna with it. And it just works for me. Kind of crazy, but it works. Um, and then at night when I make the salmon, I throw all the veggies in there with like the curry and the dill. And I will put the third ingredient, fourth ingredient will be the kale. And it just looks pretty. It yeah. Looks top of, and if you put kale, here's another thing. If you take kale and you steam it with, little edamames from the Trader Joe's and their sweet potato fries. And they're not oil if you don't put oil on them. So sure. you just put the whole thing together, you steam it with a little cover, some water. It's very nice. It just works together. I wish I craved, I mean, I do crave vegetables sometimes, but I wish, you know, like, like my, my husband loves salad. He'll eat salad. Oh, I just want a salad. I just want a salad. I'm like, oh my God, like that is not satisfying to me. Like, I don't want a salad. <laughs> I want a, something that's going to like, mm. But, you know, with the sugar, like you look at, I don't eat canned stuff. So like um, tomato soups and all that kind of stuff. I love tomato soup. But you know what? It, it, it's corn syrup. They're, like that's so insidious. It's in everything, just everything. And it has so many names that it tries to trick and fool you. But you have to be really clever with it. But, you know, I gave up everything because I really wanted to see – because I, I, my, my immune system is compromised and I, I, you know, I gave up sugar and dairy and I gave, I was vegan for a while and all this stuff. And honest to God, I never found any difference, not one iota of difference. And I'm like, eh, for me, like, it doesn't seem to make a difference and I don't know why. And I had the strips to see if I was, you know, um, acidic or, 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 or not. And I kept trying to become more alkaline because I know that cancer is not supposed to live in an alkaline environment. 
And I don't know, maybe we're just all so different. And what works for one, like you said, with the Vedic stuff, you know, doesn't work for the other. It's hard to know. It might be your blood type. Maybe there's even something you're allergic to that you still don't even know what it is. Maybe. Your trigger. Like I knew for me that meat and dairy were my kryptonite. That was yeah. like, all right, done, found it, figured it out. Um, that and the green, the particular green tree that's out right now for the next month, it makes me very Yeah, nice. it makes you have allergies. Yeah. Only so, only this one tree. Once I go away from it, like I'll cough like an old. You're in New York, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm Cindy's in, in Florida and yeah. I'm in Toronto and, you know, stuff. All in, on the east side. Yeah. <laughs> we went, we went from, um, I don't know, Cam, if you had it last week, but we had snow and ice storm. And then today it's like in the eighties. It's crazy. It's finally almost 90. I'm like, yes, thank you. And I was like yelling at my management company, uh, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I have every blanket I own on top of me with a winter coat on top of that. I'm like, it's going to be May tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cold. I'm shivering. I can't sleep. I'm so cold. (laughs) Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And I just, uh, Frankie, for you, um, one of the things too that happened to me about, Three years ago, I, well, all my life I had had digestive issues and they were kind of mild for quite a while, but probably about five years ago, they started getting worse and worse and worse. And until like three years ago, it was really bad. And I went to some different um, holistic doctors and finally found one that did a food sensitivity test, which was extremely enlightening. Um, because they tested 180 different foods and these are, you know, it's, it's you go a naturopath for that or I want, um, this was an acupuncturist that I saw okay. that, that did the test and it's basically a simple blood test and you send it into a lab and they, they, um, compare it to my test was 180 different, different antigens. Um, for each of the different foods and you know it had all the fruits all the vegetables a lot of herbs um, it had all the meats it had dairy um, nuts and seeds so you know all these whole foods and you know again I thought I was eating healthy but I uh, digestive wise I was I really was having major issues anyway when the test results came back there were 53 foods that I was sensitive to and they were things that I was eating all the time. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, the good news was, is I found out what the problem was. The bad news was, is I had to eliminate them from my diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the hardest one? What was the hardest one for you to get rid of? There were a couple, but onions was on the list. <gasps> oh, I yeah. couldn't go without onions. Oh, well, and the thing is, is, you know, especially if you go out to eat a lot of sauces, uh, soups, a, yeah. a lot of, a lot of fish have, have the onion in. And so I'd be really, really super careful. But um, the, I went on this elimination diet and then after so long, then you can start reintroducing the right. food. Because basically what's happening is, is um, you're healing your, the lining of your stomach and the intestinal tract. Sure. And once that's healed, you can usually start reintroducing those foods and you'll be okay. And um, about a year and a half ago, I had another test, the same test done, and I was only sensitive to about eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good yeah. So, so um, it is a little, um, 
difficult, uh, depending on what your test results, but it might be too something that, you know, you, you might so what do you ask for? What do you ask for? Just an allergen test or food allergy test? It's called a food sensitivity food test. Food sensitivity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll check that out. You know, it's so difficult. And, you know, I, I have to give both of you, you know, big props, props for, for just being so strong and, and doing that for yourself. Like, really. Because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, I don't care about bread. I could care less if I ever had another sandwich in my life. But, you know, I, I do like dessert. <laughs> I like ice cream. I like, you know, and I've been making my own, you know, my own ice cream without sugar and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, the other thing is, too, is it is really important. We all talk about self-care and not being selfish. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we talk about it a lot and we, we don't, we're not really <laughs> following that ourselves. It's difficult. But, too things get so bad right that it's like you'll do anything and so my my advice is don't wait for it to yeah get so bad. Don't, don't let it get bad you know what i love popcorn and and we go to the movies almost every weekend and so when i eat keto of course i can't eat popcorn and the first thing my you know my, my partner's like oh i'm gonna have popcorn i go do you have to eat that in front of me like so when you have a family and people around you who are eating all this yummy stuff that you, oh a chocolate bar oh yeah i have to have 10 of those you know in front of you it's difficult it's it's like you keep saying to yourself but this is because it's good for me it's good for me <laughs> Some of the things that you're saying are yummy. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. It's gone to that point where like, that doesn't sound like food to me. Right. So sometimes when I'm on a, say a movie set, which I'm on quite often and they feed us, they They cater you. Yeah. So breakfast is really like one of the better meals because you can get egg whites, you can get this, you can get that. But usually like lunch or dinner when they feed us, even if they're making say fish and if I make, you know, salmon at home, I would never in my life put oil or salt on salmon because it comes from a salty ocean and it has oil right. that's natural. You're killing right. it. Right. I agree. I would never do that. That like when they prepare food, I would never do that. So um, even like broccoli, Rob, they'll throw salt or things on there that I'm like, literally I'm wiping off the oil. I'm like, I'm rinsing off things to make it. Not you don't, you bad. don't eat any salt, any Himalayan salt or anything. Once in a while, I like the, the Trader Joe's blue chips. Those are cool. But, like, salt makes me thirsty, so I don't like it. Oh, okay. If salt is in, like, prepared food, I taste it right away, and I don't like it. It's not, okay. like, it's not a pleasant thing for me. Like, your body is a very clean vessel, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, certain things, like I said, that doesn't sound like food to me. That's not even, like... Oh, yay. I should be eating chocolate. No, it's not like something I... I and I can eat clean and eat chocolate. I mean, like, there's clean yeah. stuff, right? But, I mean, with my ice cream, I can make it from avocado. It's delicious, mm-hmm. you know, or puddings or whatever. Little avocado, like, the avocado toast thing is a very popular thing. And now they have restaurants and stores that will make avocado shakes and ice cream. I've never had them, but it sounds interesting. You, it doesn't taste like... Well, because avocado doesn't really have a flavor, it just has a nice full fat kind of feel to it right like it's creamy it's delicious yeah. i've made yeah. cheesecake with it it's yummy yeah but uh, yeah and frankie i would say to you too you know when when you do crave something like that sometimes not giving yourself permission to just have you know that piece of chocolate cake or whatever sure. it is. go ahead and have it but the other thing is don't feel guilty 
Yeah. Enjoy every single bite. <laughs> like, I don't, I know, I know myself, Kama, I could not eat your diet. I've tried it. I don't enjoy it. And like every time I, I would just not eat, I would just not eat rather than have to eat that. Like truly, I've tried the mayonnaise, the vegan mayonnaise. It makes me gag, I've, you know, all this stuff. And so I like part of my philosophy is, you know, I still have to live and enjoy my life. And yep. so you have to find what works for you. Even well, in the food section here, I specifically say that. I'm like, you're yeah. probably not necessarily going to do that. But if you're going to have that little piece of chocolate cake or, or ice cream, have a small scoop in a bowl. Yes. Eat that. And if you really feel the need to go have more, then you're going to have to go to the fridge and get it. You're not yeah. going to be able to that pint sitting like a half a cup is really more than enough it really is and if you measure that i find that by the end if you eat it slowly by the end of it you don't need any more than that you're it, the craving is is gone there is a line in your book at the very beginning i'm trying to remember what it was because it was absolutely brilliant i don't know if you said it or somebody else said it but they they talked about um was, was it food being the next what was it something about being the next cigarette what was it? It was so oh, sitting is the next smoking. That's sitting it. Is sitting is the next smoking. Yeah. That line is everywhere. Like yes. 2016, which sitting I mentioned. Is the next smoking. I'd like to say I invented this, but I did not. Yes. Yeah. It is the slogan for Veridesk. So even though I don't have a Veridesk, I'm using my, my laundry hanger right now as a Veridesk for my computer. I'll get one eventually. They're wonderful. Um, but like the buzzword you saw in articles left and right. It yeah. is all over the it's place. It's so true though. So true. It scares the crap out of me because I sit quite a lot. I'm always in front of my computer and I'm having, you know, just even standing and walking right now, I'm waiting for hip surgery and stuff. So, but at the same time, you're, you know, my hip is so short now. It's very difficult to, to even just, you know, walk. So I don't know, but uh, I, I mean, it hit home. It hit home right away. Sitting so is the next walking. Pardon? Oh, a motorcycle. I was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. So I was in a very severe, I got T-boned. So I went through my, my windshield of my motorcycle and I broke both femurs, hip and pelvis. And so just having, you know, uh, the, the, the acetabulum was smashed. And, and, and so now it's been a few years, but now it's just, it feels like there's a rubber band doing this inside and and it's so tight and so short and so much pain around my pelvis and i keep thinking it's my pelvis are going no it's your hip it's your hip so i'm hoping to hear from surgeon tomorrow and hopefully they can take some of that you know put a hip replacement in and just take some scar tissue out and frankie will be a lot better able to move i can't even put shoes on myself on my left side like it's crazy i'm like keep looking like oh there's nobody to help me i can't get my boot on it's really gotten bad. So I, and, and they kept saying, well, it's elective. I go, how can that be elective surgery? I'm sorry. It's not elective. I like to walk better. <laughs> I would like to move my body. And I look at people moving their body like you two. And I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Cause I did do that. I was, you know, I was on the, the national dragon boat team. I, I, you know, I ran, I did stuff and thank God like we were eight days from going to Shanghai when I had my accident and they said to me that they had, didn't have very many women who could lift them. I was maniac about my, my triceps. They said, we never have women who could, who with bilateral breaks can, can lift themselves and, and transfer themselves into the tub or lift themselves up and move. It was like the universe knew it was going to happen and they got me prepared for it. Yeah, it's crazy. When 
my calf muscle. I've had a lot of freak accidents also. So my injuries weren't overused. There were always like some freak accident, but each accident always taught me something. Yeah. So the calf muscle tear was bizarre. I was teaching a class and I had a lady who for no reason whatsoever would come in early, put all of our steps out. So she put my step too close to the mirror and I was doing a lunge and my heel smacked into the mirror, which tore my gastroxoleus and a little part of my Achilles. So in rehab, I had one woman who was very good and one woman who was crazy and actually we injured me. Oh no. But during this process, I started swimming again like I did when I was in summer camp. Now I can, no matter what, I was able to swim 20 laps, nothing, because that's your quarter mile. And then I made it 30, and then I made it 40, and then I made it 50. And then I found out that 72 equals a mile, so I said, I'm going to try the 72 thing. I was like, okay, that's fun. It's so funny because like, because I wasn't running, I yeah. looked you know like because all I was doing was lifting and swimming I actually looked like really you know that's where I got these shoulders from swimming <laughs> when I was on the swim the team were, were tight but it was just like I looked like I had been you know coming from a competition or something and one day this woman she's like how'd you get so big I'm like what <laughs> and she wouldn't stop talking I'm like just please stop saying that thank you <laughs> just stop. I'm not big I'm not big Right. But it's just my muscles, like, because there were new muscles, like anyone who does exercise for the first time or does extra exercise for the first time is going to have what's called, you know, hypertrophy, which means your muscles are going to, you know, start to activate. So like a new exerciser can do 10, 15 minutes. They're like, oh, I'm getting big. It's like, no, you're getting muscles, but eventually this is going to reverse and it'll figure itself out. But right now you're, you're more concerned with learning, getting the functionality, and getting muscle on you because you need that if you're ever going to burn fat you have to have muscle absolutely have i just want to i just want to get this in um it's you go to www.camalinden.com www.cindybarts.com cam your book just came out this week correct yes and and so um your your book is healthy things that you can do in front of the tv and if we go to your website Cindy, we get a, a free copy of, of your book on how to cure yourself, reverse osteoporosis. reverse osteoporosis. And there's a video. I got video one. I have still waiting for video two. Yay. But yay, can't wait to watch it. Um, it's all very exciting. And um, Kama, with your book, I mean, you've got yourself in the book. You show us all the different exercises that we can do between commercials. And if you have, you know, a Fitbit, maybe, you know, you can say, okay, I'm just going to, I need to get more stuff in. So, you know, zip back and forth or something. <laughs> do something. Yeah. What? We're, we're almost actually out of time. Uh, Cindy, is there anything that you want to make sure that people know before we leave today's show that you didn't get out of yourself? Um. No, I, you know, go and visit my website. I've got a lot of free goodies out there. I also have another book that's on boosting your immune system and that one's free as well. And I've also got um, a 10 day jumpstart program that starts getting you back into the swing of things. If you kind of fell off the wagon a while. Do you, do either of you take vitamins, extra vitamins? I I have. I have a supplement routine. It's mostly for my bones, but a few other things as well. But um, if you can get it through food, I always recommend that. Um, I do not take a multivitamin. It's no. just very specific um, nutrients that I feel are needed. 
Right. Yeah. I'm always looking, you know, for brands that people think are good and um, because they're not all, they're not all the same. I really don't believe that they're all the same. And so, you know, like C and D stress vitamins, D is apparently, apparently, you know, amazing for everybody. It's, you know, keeps you healthy. Um, And here we don't get as much sunlight as you do in, in Florida. And so, you know, definitely it was a very sad winter for Frankie. Um, it was very difficult, but my mood is slowly improving with, with the weather right now. So, and, and, you know, you can get those, those lights too. And I think they're, I got it for my son cause he suffers with depression and he said, it's amazing mom. He, you know, the, the lamps, the light lamps that you wake up to and, and helps with your mood and everything. So I encourage people to get that it's part of, you know, if that could be part of your wellness routine, why not? Right. Definitely. Yeah. And Kama, what about you? Your book is out today? Uh, well, it's Wednesday. Tomorrow? Yeah, it's yesterday. Like- Came out yesterday, right? Yes, and if you use the Amazon, it'll ship wherever you are in the world. So this way I don't have to mail things, which I'm very excited about. Very, yeah, it's wonderful. And um, it, it's a really good book. I'm, you know, there's lots. I mean, it's very thorough. My gosh. Yeah, and lots you know, so when I first started setting to writing, you know, I had the idea of the pictures and the real people. So some of the photos just... The guys were funny. Hair, <laughs> yeah, your hair was shorter. Yeah. And then my hair is long in some of the pictures. So you see that there's time that went by, um, a lot of time that went by. But the idea is that at first I was like, okay, it'll just be a coffee table book. and People may or may not do any of them and I don't really care. But when Motivational Press came along, they're like, nah, you have to have meat and potatoes in the book. Vegan, of course. You have to have meat and potatoes in the book. You have to have, yeah. you know, pose a question, pose a solution. Yeah. What and also I did have some guest writers, which he suggested. He's like, get experts, get people to contribute and make your book have more of a hmm idea to it. And I was like their first book with all these pictures and they were just like, you know, you're really stressed and sad over here. I mean, <laughs> um, have pictures. So many pictures, but also because I'm such a technician when I teach and I, it's not just about doing the exercise, but it's like understanding neutral spine. Like plank is one of the most under misunderstood exercises. Like people will do plank and they get into cross position like this and they stick their butt in the air and their heads hanging in their hands. And I'm like, dude, a plank is a straight board. It's not this. It's not like these weird shapes. It's, it's this way. And then your spine has three curves, right? right? You got to keep the curve. You're trying to align the front of your body. You're not trying to smash your spine, especially if you have osteoporosis. I'm not going to smash your spine. I don't want to smash your spine. I want to keep you strong. And I want to keep your, like, if you think of the saran wrap effect, the minute you find those three curves, your, your muscles go and they just like activate. There's no avoiding it. And when people find it for the first time, they freak out. I'm like, ah, it hurts. They're like, yeah. And so I'm like, bend your knees, take a breath. Then when you go to do it again, just straighten your knees again. But use the mirror next to you so your head aligns with your spine and you have your natural curves and your feet are below you. So if I stand up, that's the way I'm going to stand. Because eventually you don't want to be standing with shoulders round. Right. You know, and that's another thing. You know, they're, they're saying now that this widow's hump that used to be around is is going to be prevalent again because people are like this with their phones, with their iPads, with everything, right? So what can we do to eliminate that? Should we get those things that preserve no. things back? Or? When most people go across the street on the, the New York, New Yorkers are, are ridiculous. They'll walk across the street with their chin on their chest and the phone down here. Why is it so hard not to pick up your phone? <laughs> yeah. Why can't you go like it's that? It's not that heavy. Seriously. Like you yeah. can't read. Like when you read a book, you don't put your chin on your chest. You 
read the book, right? I'm right. reading my book. So people will put their chin on their chest. Not only that, but like in my age, I don't want the neck wrinkles, right? You're going to give yourself neck wrinkles. So pick your phone up, look at it, and don't hurt your neck by bending your head. But also, you know, it's very funny. It's like I think a lot of my, my taller students especially can – they have more neck flexibility than I have. I'm also just shorter, I suppose. But the, instead of having the plank, somehow they make their head like – do that like a perfect wow like, I don't know but but they'll make their head hang like that while the rest of their body is sort of in plank I'm like that's gotta hurt that's, yeah that looks weird right there. dude that's that's your walking that's your breathing you're all your cervical spine vertebra control your body functions don't mess with those babies yeah no kidding you know? eh? wow that's scary yeah. Yeah, I would also just say, you know, roll those shoulders back because so many people are, you know, they're hunched, hunched. here. So, you know, bring those back and down away from your ears. <laughs> I have to sit straight up. I, I'm a former equestrian child. And so, you know, I always try to, I ha, like, I'm not comfortable if I'm not sitting straight. And lots of people are like this or their feet up and whatever, right? But I can't do that. It's, it's not comfortable for me. I'm much more comfortable when I'm up straight. And it feels good. I mean, sometimes you forget and you hunch over, but it feels good to sit straight. Um, give a plug for your Ageless Beauty because it's going on sale. Um, yeah. So uh, just go to my website, again, cindybarks.com, C-I-N-D-Y-B-A-R-T-Z. And it's not up yet, but probably in about five days, my Ageless Beauty um, we had a summit, it was live and had, had quite a few, over a thousand people signed up for it and had over 20 speakers all talking about health and wellness and what to do to stay ageless and be a beauty. <laughs> and, um, and so we're actually going to be selling that now as an all, um, access pass and it's only $30. It's just a one-time That's fee. brilliant. Yeah. 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 Great so speakers. It was seven days and there were a lot of folks that said, you know, these are really good, good talks and they didn't get enough time to, to look through them all and listen to them all. There's a lot of giveaways and I've got um, some special little surprises as well. That's going to come out. I'm going to get um, it. Cause I want to, I want to, I didn't get to see everybody. So I'm yeah. very interested in hearing every, what everybody had to say. Yeah. And the other thing too, is the $30, $10 of that is actually going to be donated for every um, purchase. $10 is going to go to the Miss Foundation, which if you're not familiar with that, foundation has been around since 1973 and it's all about supporting educating and empowering women yeah and it was first started with gloria steinem and marlo thomas and two other women i can't remember their names but i remember because i had my now patch on my jeans and i went i went yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was my era <laughs> but i love it yeah that's great fantastic and a perfect a perfect foundation in today's world for sure. You know, there's a lot of, uh, we still, there's a lot of gender parity and we still need to make sure that women are educated, get the same, you know. Yeah. And that's what ageless beauty, that's what it's all about is building a community of women in their second prime, I call yeah. it. So, you know, it's not over at 40 or 50 or 60 or even beyond that. We all have gifts and talents and there's no reason why, we can't continue to contribute. And sometimes as we get 
older in that second prime is, is the time that we can really start to shine. Well, you see all these new models, you know, gray-haired models, late 60s, 70s, who are the it girls now. So, <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. We're going to say goodbye to Facebook. We're going to go back over to Frankie's machine. Bye, Facebook. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to...